Hello, everyone. Good morning, good day, good night, wherever you are listening or watching on to England is Burning Today for March the 1st, 2021. It is a gray rainy day in the ATL, in the Georgia, in the USA, but we're coming back at you on Monday, the 1st of March. We are in a new month and we gotta be careful. You know, we gotta be careful in the month of March. You know what happens in the month of March? We gotta prepare for the month of April. So with that in mind, with that in mind today, we got a lot going on. We got a lot going on, even though it doesn't seem like a lot going on, but there really is. Today, this morning, we're bringing back Mark from the Barmy Army to talk about some news updates during the break that has happened and talk about some upcoming stuff for Manchester United women coming up this coming few weeks. Mark, welcome back. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you so much, Mark, for joining us. So we have some news items that we want to dig a little bit deeper into, drill down into as we're moving forward, because United is at a point where they're at a point where in their development as a, as a solid top three side in the WSL, where they may be looking ahead, they may be looking forward, they may be looking, you know, it's like, you know, trying to solidify where they're going and how, what their goals are and objectives, not just for this season, but beyond. And with that in mind, there have been a couple of signings or actually more like extensions for contracts for two current players that we want to talk about today. The first one I want to talk about is Haley Ladd. Haley Ladd, midfielder, signs an extension, I believe what it was for two additional years. Is that right, Mark? Yeah, 2023. That takes you to 2023. So what, first off, what does this contract extension for Haley mean for the team and moving forward? Um, I think you use the word stability. Haley Ladd, in what we would put classes last season, was by many United fans' opinions, our best player. Um, Hayley Ladd was a player that we, we f- fans of the women's team, we were shouting for in our championship season, where we were beating teams quite easily and we didn't need a defensive midfielder. Hayley, in the team, she brings a calmness. She doesn't get rattled. She she uh, breaks play up very simply and very easily. She just goes about her job. And signing her up for another two years is great news for the for the team. And it's great news for Hayley because she can settle. You know, she doesn't need to worry about where she's going to go if her contract runs out. She knows where she's going to be. And she can enjoy her football. She is... For me, personally, one of the most important players currently in our squad. And she plays, she was, her role is as a defensive midfielder. And so yeah. you're saying that, that in, in, the, in that role, there is still, you know, still, uh, stability and solidity in that, in that role. Uh, and so for what, uh, what, are her, what are her strengths at, in that role? So the strengths of, of, of breaking up the opposition play, you'll always find 
Um, where we've talked before about when oppositions have, have exploited a weakness of putting a ball in between our midfield and our defence, Haley is there to usually sweep it all up and tidy it up and, and get us going from an attack, from an attacking point of view. So her, her main strength for me is, is breaking up the opposition attacks. And she just goes about her job. She doesn't complain. She doesn't argue. She just goes about her job. And for, for me, she is one of the, like I said, one of the most important players in the squad. So in that vein, this is one of those players, y'all, that you can't really measure their worth in numbers. You know, I know, Mark, you, you, you don't love numbers all that much. <laughs> you know, you're not a big numbers guy. I am. But Haley is one of those people you look at her numbers and they don't, you know, they don't necessarily stand out. I mean, her her workload stands out. Her minutes yeah. played stand out. Uh, you know, she's a consistent starter. All those things that stand out. But really, uh, from subjectively, what she does is, is, you know, is that if you, you know, break up the play, the uh, play from your opponents, you know, attack. That is a very critical element and. You know, you have your back line, but you got to have somebody sitting in front of that back line in order to support them, uh, particularly against the stronger offensive sides. And, and you've seen the numbers of United's defense pretty strong, uh, you, know, you know, you know, when you compare them to the rest of the league. Uh, you know, I mean, it, I mean, I think Haley played a significant part in a lot of the clean sheets that United has been able to get because just breaking up, you know, yeah. particularly that Arsenal match, for example, or yeah. Tottenham, yeah. for example, or, or two in particular that I saw. And you, the importance of her, of, her, of her defensive role, you look at the last two games, the last two games, the City game mm-hmm. and the Reading game, in, in an isolation, we were losing one nil in both. And right. then when we took Haley off, we conceded. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, it, she's that important. But at the time we took her off, I understood the reasons for taking her off. I, you know, I agreed with, in my, I, I agreed with it in my head, the, the reasoning behind it. We wanted to score a goal. And you don't need another defensive player when you can put on an attacker. So sometimes she might not play the full 90 minutes. Sometimes she will, but she is that important to us. As you said, she is one of the very first names down on, on the team sheet for me. She's that important. She's one of the few players on United's side. There is a there is an advanced statistic that kind of measures a team's performance offensively when someone leaves the field versus when, uh, well, actually offensive and defensively when they leave the field as opposed to when they're on the pitch. Yeah. And her numbers are when she's off the pitch, then the team's success rate goes down. I mean, it goes down actually pretty significantly from, you know, from an objective standpoint when she's not there uh, versus when she is there. So that really bears, uh, bears that point. Has there been any, what has there been any controversy in her signing at all? Uh, I, I think when the announcement came that she was signing an extension, Mm-hmm. Most United fans on Twitter were extremely happy. She is, mm-hmm. she is that important to, to, you know, we've already made an extent, uh, got extensions for Kirsty Hansen and Leah and Haley, and mm-hmm. obviously we're going to talk about some about Mary, but Leah is definitely one that most United fans wanted, and uh, probably a close second would have been Haley, because mm-hmm. she is that important to the team. 
Excellent, excellent. Um, and I, I see this, and, and we're going to move on, move to uh, Mary Arts, the goal, um, starting goaltender, her signing, and also an extension as well. But I think to 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 put the marker down for you know the signing of, of Leah, the signing of Haley, and so forth, that you know this is really, and I think it's made most fans pretty happy of solidifying the key components of yeah. what has led United to where they are today, you know, going all the way back from the days in the championship, like who are the stable pieces yeah. of the puzzle, defensive midfielder, strong offensive players, et cetera. Um, and just, you know, making sure we, that the team's got them for at least another couple of seasons moving forward. Right. Absolutely. And, and you look at most, football teams you look at united throughout history mm-hmm. they've always mm-hmm. made sure they've had a spine of players that mm-hmm. they've they've re-signed to bring you know and and, and so they're strengthening that team you know the the re-signing of mary Earp, we know i'm sure we're going to talk about it great for me personally i i don't have an issue with it Haley mm-hmm. is that defensive midfielder it just shows that casey's building a team and she's building a spine and it's she's building for the future. She's not necessarily maybe building for right here, right now. We are where we are, and she's you know she's openly said we're aiming for third in the league, and we are third in the league. Mm-hmm. But right. she's now not building for this season because this season is now going to take care of itself. Right. She's now building for the next season, mm-hmm. and then the season after that. So, as I said, in the in the WSL in the women's league. Long-term contracts are a, a bit of a scarce thing. You know, in the men's game, in the Man United, we usually sign players for a five-year deal with an option mm-hmm. of an extra year. In the women's game, United have now started to do that. So we've signed Haley for till 2023 with an option for 2024. Mm-hmm. The same with Mary Earp. And we, we, we're making these players who are Manchester United players, we are building a team for the future and these players so far are a part of our future in a massive way so let's talk about mary arps so mary arps starting goaltenders uh started all the all the league matches this year so far yeah um her expected goaltending rate you know as far as save conversion is in the pot isn't well into the positive numbers she's done an excellent job uh so far this particular season um so she has signed on again for another two years. Uh, is there an option to extend another year after that? I believe so, yeah. So getting her signature on the dotted line for additional two years, what does that bring to that position in line with the building that spine? Um, Mary, for me, is one of the best goal shot stoppers I've seen in the Women's League. And I, I saw when the, it was announced, there was people on Twitter who, you know, we've talked about before, who hide behind the keyboards, saying this, this shows the club has no ambition. I don't particularly worry about a goalkeeper. I, I don't think we needed to go out in the summer and try and buy a new goalkeeper. Mary is more than adequate, more than good enough. And, you know, people can argue she should be in the England squad more often. Um, and having Mary tied down to a longer deal, as I said, it makes her a part of the plans. She knows where she is. Does she, you know, on the on the flip side of it, would, does she need some serious competition? 
Possibly. But you look at someone like City, who have Ellie Roebuck and, and Karen Bardsley. Ellie Roebuck has made that position herself. Karen Bardsley, who was the number one, she's, mm-hmm. she's, she, can't, she can't really get a game. So right. for me, with Mary and, and Emily Ramsey, those two can push each other the same way as the, the two at City have done. So uh, for me, it's a great signing. It's, it's a position I don't particularly worry about. It's a position, like mm-hmm. I said, I don't think we need to go out and, and buy in the summer because we've got very, you know, Mary is a very, very good goalkeeper. Yeah, and her numbers really suggest, you know, being way above average uh, yeah. in the goalkeeping department in, in the league. Uh, save percentage is 66.7%. She's got six clean sheets uh, so far this season, which is a strong number. It's 40% of the, of the matches giving up less than you know, about a little bit over one goal a match overall. Um, yeah. And I get some really difficult opponents um, and has done very, very well um, as well. So I, the... The thing about the Twitter football fan mob, um, you know, of clubs, you know, where you're, you're right. They, they do hide behind a keyboard and there's that being anonymous thing, you know, when you hide behind a keyboard and so forth. But when they were coming out and saying, you know, well, you know, the club's not being ambitious by signing Mary for another couple of years. I'm, I, my thought on that is that, well, did, do they have any idea who would be better to go out and get to, you know, to challenge her? I mean, you know, or were they just ranting? I I probably think there were, there were, there were probably people, some, some of them were probably ranting. Some of them were probably just trying to make themselves heard. Uh, A goalkeeper is a very, very specialized position. Mm -hmm. You've got to make sure you have the right goalkeeper in place for the way you play. So, you know, I don't want to keep going back to the men's team, but we after we lost Peter Schmeichel, it took us six or seven goalkeepers mm-hmm. to get to Edwin van der Sar. You know, we mm-hmm. have, you know, and, you know, we, we at, for me, in the championship, we had Siobhan Chamberlain, who was, you know, the best goalkeeper we, we had. And it was the only goalkeeper, you know, in that time. And then you bring, you know, Siobhan announced she was pregnant. You bring in Mary Earp, so you have an upgrade. And then, as you rightly said, who is there out there that you could possibly look at and go, that's the one that will do for me. But it's not as simple as bringing in people anymore because we're in a COVID, we're in a COVID mm-hmm. world and getting, to, getting players over isn't, in, in, isn't as simple as that. It, we are in a, a very weird, weird, you know, we mention it all the time, but it, it is a true fact. We are in a very weird weird world right now and hopefully we'll get back to a normal where transfers can happen more normally but as I said I I think Mary re-signing is a great great signing because it's not a position we need to I don't think we need to worry about should and you know the, the flip side to that is should Mary be in an England squad more often probably but as a United fan and I know a lot of people won't like me saying this I'm glad she's not because she can concentrate on a club football instead of right. instead of international yeah. football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's I mean that's a good point. I often think about that. You know, it's like well, you know, if if they're just you know if they're not on get called up for the internationals, you know, I know maybe that might be a disappointment for them, but you know, selfish reasons as a fan of my club, I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you know, well now they can just you know stay home and rest or train or both for the next week and a half and and 
you know, and get the, get things set and they're just focused on, you know, playing for my club. So I, I completely get that, um, you know, going forward. One, the other bit of news that came out, I actually came out later that day of our last recording, actually, within a couple yeah. of hours, we were talking about Leah Galton, we were talking about, we, we had not heard at that time any news about, you know, the prognosis of her, of her injury, we found out literally a couple of hours later after that, that indeed the, uh, some serious ankle ligament damage, uh, and looking at, if I understand it, looked at it correctly, at least a couple of months being yeah. out we're talking about someone who has been a major spark plug again one of the the members of the team at the spine of the club from an offensive standpoint recently just signed another extension as we mentioned but you know was tied in the in on the club as far as goals scored with six uh, one of the better clinical finishers on the squad also one of the best persons in the build-up of play leading to leading to goal contributions i mean really incredibly strong player and to lose her along with the losses of other players really must be harsh uh basically yeah uh, <laughs> the, the, the the loss of lear is is huge it uh, but as bad as it is to lose Leah, and she is by far, most United fans will say, probably one of, if not our best player. And I don't like to, to label players who's better than others, but she is she is probably our, our one of our best players. It, it's huge to lose her. But I look at it on the other side, it now gives opportunities for other people who may not be in, Casey's plans currently uh, may not be in Casey's plans to now stake a claim to say, I'm still at this club. I can still do a job for you. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I want to be a part of your plans now for next season. You mm -hmm. know, it, 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 it's one of those things that, that could work, but it's a huge loss because watching the City game, it didn't look you know, when we saw it happen, it, we automatically you kind of knew it was a bad one because it happened off the ball. Right. Um, and right. then, obviously, it took them a few weeks to let it all settle down in case of swelling. And then, as you rightly said, it broke a couple of hours after I was on uh, with you last week. I mean, we're talking about somebody, and I don't want to belabor this too much, but we're talking about someone who leads the team in key passes leading the shots on goal mm -hmm. and someone who's tied at the top of the club in goal scored. I mean, uh, that is a, you know, it's a significant loss, but I think you make an excellent point. So let me, uh, let me make a follow-up question to that. Who then has the opportunity? Who do you think now has got the opportunity to step forward and say, okay, Casey, I, I'm still on this team. I'm going to, I'm going to step forward. Well, it's an interesting one because obviously we've lost, Lear on the right, and we've also mm -hmm. lost Tobin. Uh, Lear on the left, sorry, we've lost Tobin on the right. Right. So it's a very interesting. For, for me, uh, I, I mentioned it in passing with you last last week on the podcast. For me, I would now play Kristen Press on the left, and I would play Kirsty Hansen on the right, and swap them over if you need be. I know, um, watching highlights of the She Believes game for the US. Kristen Press was playing off the left, and I thought she looked mm -hmm. really good. Absolutely. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you then have the issue of who now plays as your main striker, if you're going to play Kristen on the left or, or the right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would play probably play Kristen just on mm-hmm. the left, mm-hmm. let her come in, mm-hmm. and Kirsty Hansen on the right. It's, it's kind of a no-brainer, really. But they can, but you know, you're losing Leah, who is a brilliant, brilliant player, and you can only say, well, you know what, we can play Kristen Press, who is a world-class World Cup winner in that same position. You know, it's it's not a bad substitution to make. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned. Uh, I was going to mention Kristen Press because she, you know, she did not get um, the MVP award at the She Believes Cup. She probably deserved it. I know many United fans were really kind of like disappointed that it was given to Rose Lavelle. Of course, Rose plays for City, so and there's part of that as well, of course. But I mean, I mean, I was very impressed with Kristen Press during the She Believes Cup, playing from the left, which really I think was a good thing to kind of demonstrate, like, yeah, I can play on the left and. You know, and and uh, be a part of. What about where does Lauren James fit in? Is she back in training? Where, what's the status on her? Do we know? So um, there was be, there's been pictures on on the on Instagram from United last week of LJ running and kicking a ball. So it looks like she's um, over her injury. Yesterday, United had a, a behind. Well, everything's behind closed doors. They had a, a, a friendly game against Sheffield United, uh, which they won 5-0. Mm-hmm. Lucy Staniforth has played mm-hmm. played the game, so she's coming back from injury. Alessia Russo, mm-hmm. you, you know, she's coming back from injury. So the injury list isn't as big as it used to be, but the two things that are still on it, being um, Tobin and now Leah, or two of the bigger losses you you could you can't really um, mm-hmm. do without. But uh, it looks like everyone else is is coming back to to fitness slowly. Well, and that segues into the upcoming fe- uh, features, not fixtures <laughs> coming up. I have sometimes trouble with that word um, and so forth because there are I think two really important matches coming up for United in that chase to maintain that. Champions League qualification slot. You know, they're sitting in third. You know, they're behind uh, Chelsea and City, who appear like they're going to fight it out for the for the title. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that United is completely out of the title race. They're not, but it really, you know, really is looking like there are two different battles. There's a battle for first and second. And there's a battle for third and fourth. Uh, Arsenal played their match in hand yesterday. They have two of them. They played one. They won four nil. Uh, fairly easy you know, against Aston Villa, who happens to be United's next opponent uh, coming up. And it is at home, which is good. But then 10 days later, uh, more 11 days later, then there's Arsenal away. So how important for United, and this probably is a question that I already know the answer to, but how important are the next two matches, Aston Villa, then 11 days later, Arsenal away? Um, this is the simple answer is huge. Um, right. We've not played f- for three weeks, so having a friendly yesterday was was good. It was it would take some of the ring rust out of the players who haven't played, and also some of the players who returning from from injury got some minutes. Um, Villa on Sunday is uh, every game from now on is going to be the biggest game of the season. It sounds corny, and I, I get it, and it is. 
But Villa on Sunday is our biggest game of the season because if we can't get past, if we can't mm-hmm. get points from Villa, then that gap that we've got a nice gap between ourselves and Arsenal, if we can't get past Villa and, and take three points, that gap gets shorter. And then when we play them, it's it's a, it's an old what I would call a six points a game. Whoever mm-hmm. wins right. it, it they've got the momentum and I. I I, I can't probably emphasise enough how big of a game Sunday is. For, for me as a fan, I don't know, you know, I can only imagine the, the team talks Casey will give and, and the training. But we should, we should with with the squad, even with the injuries of, of Lear and, and Tobin, we should have a good enough squad to beat Aston Villa. We should have. And then... We can look ahead to to the Arsenal game, but mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to I don't want to be one of those people who uh, we should beat Villa easily and just look at the Arsenal game. Arsenal, uh, sorry, Aston Villa, they deserve some respect. They, you know, the, 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 they're there. There are next opponents, and we can't look past them. We have to look at them, and only when we've finished that game, then we can start to look forward to the Arsenal game. Aston Villa has a lot to play for. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I mean, it, so they, they can't be completely, um, you know, uh, ignored in, in the respect that they, they have their own situations that they got to they're dealing with in trying to maintain, trying to stay out of relegation uh, yeah. and so forth. So they're they're got a lot to fight for. Also, uh, at least for the first 55 minutes against Arsenal, they held their own yeah. uh, for the majority of the game. And then once. You know, Minima scores, you know, that uh, scores from that cross, um, you know, to make it 1-0. Things kind of started to kind of shake in, in Arsenal's favor. And Arsenal was a bit rusty as, as well going into that match. I think mean, it's a good to have a, a, for United to play a team like Aston Villa before playing Arsenal because if there is any rust, it can be shaken out in that first, in that first match, you know, that friendly, but it is a friendly um, so it's good to have that. Also, the international break, it's kind of been good for United in the sense that, you know, coming off those losses, you know, heads were a little bit down maybe, uh, but it also have provided an opportunity for people to get healthy, uh, to people get back in training, to, to rest, all those things um, uh, and so forth. So I think in the end, it's good. Um, the the uh, game, go ahead. The, 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 the Villa game, you know, you you mentioned yesterday's game, and as you said rightly, they they held their own for fifty five minutes. But once they conceded the first, their defense looked very very rocky to me. And I, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from mm-hmm. Arsenal or Villa. If we score early, and it's an if, we can, you know, we could do, we could score a bag load against them because I think their confidence will will rock. But We've also got, depending on who we play up front, mm-hmm. we've got decent movements as well throughout mm-hmm. the throughout the pitch. Honor, as we've we've spoken about, gets mm-hmm. forward quite a bit. Obviously, you're going to have Kristen maybe off the left. We don't know, or maybe through the middle. She'll cause our defenders serious problems, and I think our movements alone will be able to mm-hmm. undo them. I but think we can't be. But we can't do what we've been doing in the last couple of games, from my opinion, is trying to score the world's most perfect goal. If we yes. get the chance to take a yes. shot, do it. And if it yes. misses, it misses. But we can't 
the, the intricate passes around the box, they work in some times and sometimes they don't. But we've got to be ruthless in, in mm-hmm. for me in this game because if we can beat Villa, we can go into the Arsenal game going, right, we know what, what we have to do here. Yeah, one of the, and I think you're absolutely right, because if you look at the numbers for Aston Villa and you look at the numbers for United, the, the issue with United is is not being clinical enough. Mm-hmm. In turn, you know, and then having certain, you know, uh, Leah Galton was the most clinical of, of goal scorers for United. So taking her out of the picture, you know, it, it's, you know, trying to, you know, trying to make the perfect shot, as you say, and, and everything else. Then you're facing Aston Villa. In the interesting stat, when I was researching about something else, I found this stat: Aston Villa's goaltender leads the league in errors. Yeah. Um, and so you know, and so and when I see that, I say, make the goaltender work. Take your shots. Just take your shots. I mean, yeah. you know, because you make you make her work the more chances she's going to have to, you know, has to make a distribution error, which will lead to a shot, to another shot, and so forth. Um, and and you, kind of, you saw that in the Arsenal match as well, yeah. where, where that played itself and, out. And, so. and, and, and this is, and this is it's a great point you've just made. If you, if you take shots at goalkeepers, you know, they are going to slip up eventually. They can't, you mm-hmm. know, they're not going to do it every they can't do it all the time maybe some of the more men elite ones may be able to right and i'm not taking anything away from from the women's keepers at all but the the, if you take a shot at a goalkeeper in the women's league there could be a fumble there could be an error and you just have to take those chances yeah and and, uh, because i you know if anyone y'all out there please check out my weekly feature on chelsea because I spoke of three areas that Chelsea needed to improve upon. They want to win a whole bunch of trophies, but there's three glaring problems that they have. One of them happens to be making the goalkeeper, their goalkeeper, work. Yeah. You know, Chelsea's goalkeeper also is high up there in errors as well. So if opponents make her work, uh, you know, and you know, force her into possible distribution errors, that does give the offense key opportunities but if I were you know as United fans I think Mark I think you you have to be confident in the fact that you've got a solid defensive back line you've got a you know we talked about Haley being in that defensive midfielder position you've got a good goalie or uh, goaltender um you gotta feel confident that you got a solid back line that's healthy yeah completely the, the defense has been rock solid for us all season um and uh, as you said, Mary's kept, well, the defence has kept six clean sheets, seven if you count the Conti Cup game against City, right. which was a nil-nil draw, but we won on penalties. Um, we've kept clean sheets. And as I said, when we were talking about Mary, for me, I think she's the best goal stopper, not goal shot stopper in the WSL. You look at um, the Chelsea goalkeeper, you, you know, she she does make errors. Mary doesn't really make er- that many errors. She's 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 a solid goalkeeper, and that's why I'm when I we were talking about it, I, I I'm quite happy that she's saying. And then you've got your back four, you've got your Mary, uh, sorry, Millie and Amy Turner, who who are solid together. They've made some individual mistakes, and that's fine. Players are allowed to make mistakes, and you, you can handle that. But then you've got Honor, who mm-hmm. is, in everyone's opinion, being one of our best players this season. And you know we talked about it last week. 
you know, like Jackie Orano, who's been the best player, and it's a tough one to call. But then on the other side is where, you know, you've got Kirsty Smith. And Kirsty Smith, for me, is the unsung hero. And mm-hmm. yeah, Because she just, she's like Hayley Ladd. She just gets on with the job. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and that defence is worked on every single time they've been training. And you, you, you know, we've we mentioned it before. Goals can win your games, clean sheets win your leagues. And your defence wins your league titles. And we have a very solid defence. And everything up front of that is very good. But you need to have a solid defence. And, and for me, we've got it. Yeah, and um, so United has, if I'm correct, Mary Arps has no errors. In terms of leading, no errors leading to shots on goal, uh, United is actually sort of in, in the middle in terms of total errors, you know, period. But you look at Aston Villa and they've committed 14 errors in the defensive back line leading the shots that leads the uh, leads the league uh, in that particular category. But Mary Earps is zero, you know, uh, you know, to that uh, to that effect. So that is important to break down and. Their goaltender, I believe, has eight errors total. No, six. I'm sorry. I <laughs> gave her two extra errors. That's not cool. All right. But, you know, um, but Lisa Weiss, you know, has uh, six errors, um, you know, herself. So, you know, it's just a matter of making the goaltender work. But Mary Earps is zero um, and so forth. Not many goaltenders can, can, um, vouch for having no errors leading to uh, their opponent's shots. So that's really good. Because I mean, it's really hard. If you're, made to, if you're made to work and you're facing a lot of shots and you don't give up anything that leads to another shot, you know, uh, happening, that's that's great goalkeeping. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, Casey, and I said it when I f- first came on, on, on the podcast, I said Casey prides herself on her defense she prides herself on keeping clean sheets. And she's mentioned it in, in many post-match interviews where she said, you know, they said, you know, what's, what do you think has gone wrong? And she goes, I didn't like the fact that Mary had this many shots to save. She doesn't mm-hmm. like, you know, defence is the starting point of every team. If you've got a good defence, you've got a great chance of keeping clean sheets. And I think we have got the... I'm going to be biased. You know, I think United have probably got the best defence mm-hmm. in the WSL. But that's me as a United fan. I'm sure if you ask Emma, she'll say City have got the best defence. We'd all say, every mm-hmm. every team, every fan's going to right. say, we've got the best this, that and the other. But, you know, Mary's not made an error this season. She's kept, you know, she's stopped some very good shots. But she's also, you know, Mary gets a lot of the plaudits and I get that. But she's also got a very good defence in front of her. And in front of them, they've got Hayley Ladd, who is, as I said at the very beginning, the mo- one of the most important players on the team sheet because she's in- she gets everywhere. So between those five or six players, that's the ethos of where I think Manchester United are right now. So next time, next time we do a United feature, it's gonna, we're going to talk a little bit more about Arsenal. So we're not going to really focus too much on them here. But do you have a scoreline prediction for Aston Villa? Um, I'm I'm going to say a, a comfortable win, three nil, three nil, four nil. 
I'm gonna get I'm I'm gonna give a two nil United. Um, you know, just because there's, there's that shakeup up front, we don't know. And I think you're right. You mentioned that it, it does uh, it does hinge on who who's starting up front. Yeah, is what it hinges on, uh, yeah. and so forth. So great. So three nil, two nil. Uh, I, I think it's got to be either one of those makes it work yeah. works out. Um, I do not expect, uh, no offense to Aston Villa out there, uh, fans out there, but I do not really expect Aston Villa to score. Uh, I, I do not. Um, and, um, you know, everything hinges on on how well their defense holds up uh, for them, uh, to be honest. So, but we'll talk about Arsenal next time. Mark, thank you so much for being on today. Really no appreciate it. Great stuff. Uh, continued brilliant knowledge, uh, brilliant takes. Uh, and so forth. Mark, thank you very much. And for everyone out there, we will be coming back later this afternoon. We will have Emma from the Man City Women Fancast to talk about Manchester City and give her takes on their most recent match yesterday, which was a 4-0 win for them. Uh, In meantime, remember the light is out there. Remember the light is a part of you. Remember the light is something that hugs you and be a part of it. Remember also, unfortunately, the darkness is also out there and do not ever let the darkness hug you at all. But if it does, if it does, then, um, if it does, then get help, take care of yourself, take care of each other. And uh, we will be seeing you uh, later on today. And England is burning is out for now.